So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and off here to my left, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Good, Rick. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm dry now. I got all wet earlier, That's but good. there's some people that have been telling me I'm all wet for years, so I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it? a button. I wasn't ready. I thought that one was okay, but, you know, I guess not. There it is. Please, you. I don't have a button, so I can't do it. I know. It's not fair. Well, see, that's, I've been trying to, you know, tell you we need to teach you the studio so you can get in there, and then you'd have a button. Then I'd have a button. That's one reason that I call... Okay. All of us together in on one line, because otherwise you could get in the control room and have a button where you could mute me, and I, wow, I might never get to speak. Tell, tell a couple of jokes like I told earlier, and well, Rick's having technical difficulties, and I'd be over here going, "Hey, <laughs> no, no." So we have a continuation show tonight, and um, I guess we will banter slightly less uh, because. A busy instructor that she is, Gage, has a, an appointment at the top of the hour. So we have her for the first hour, and then uh, then Jean's going to give a 30-minute speech. Okay. Or not. Yeah, all right. No comebacks or anything. Wow. We'll get some... Tim Hortons and send it up there to you or something. I'm drinking decaf. Yeah. Well, there's the problem right there. I've had four espressos and two cups of coffee. Mm. Ready to climb the walls. So, as I mentioned, uh, continuation show, Gage Tarrant is back with us from the uh, Institute of Stress Sciences and the Mind Energy NRG Co-Creative Sanctuary. How are you, Gage? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Apparently off on the humor, but, you know, <laughs> that's nothing new. I just like I just like giving you a hard time. I know. You like to torture me. That's why I can't have you having a mute button for me. It's just be Because you wouldn't just mute me. You'd turn it on and off a couple of times. And, yeah, see, he's having trouble. It's breaking up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, static, breaking up. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. Alrighty then. <sighs> well, if I can't get you to do it, I'll, you know, is it li- is she live or is she Memorex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. Okay, we've got her, her here. Let's movie. talk to her. Well, you always ask the first question, so I don't know how to start these things, and you can't say who the hell are you and what do you do, because she was just here last week. Exactly. Stuck? Does that make us be stuck? No, we could just say, hey, Gage, what do you want to talk about now? <laughs> hey, Gage, what do you want to talk about now? <laughs> well, uh, partly where we had left off after our fascinating discussion last time about some of the technological advancements that basically support uh, the notion of consciousness and the like, uh, was coming back to this idea that it really is our minds, or and, and, and all that encompasses, that encompasses consciousness and the energy we hold in our hearts that fuels the emotions that are creating our thoughts and so forth. And you know, it was it, we were just we were talking about how we really need to come back to that as being our central talent as human beings, and one of the gifts that we have to share with the entire planet, if not the universe, um, in terms of of our capabilities there. But that it's not something that necessarily most people are taught how to use in their uh, education, and nor does the media really support that either, for the most part. But something that you had posted recently, Rick, that really got my attention was something that goes hand in hand with a a program that I'm developing right now uh, that is all about supporting the mind, but but also um, this idea of prosperity. And and it's a a quote from Buckminster Fuller Uh that posted. And it reads a quote from him that states, we must do away with the absolutely specious notion that everyone has to earn a living. It's a fact today that one in 10,000 of us can make a technological breakthrough capable of supporting all the rest. The user of today are absolutely right in recognizing this nonsense of earning a living. We keep inventing jobs because this false idea that everybody has to be employed at some kind of drudgery because according to the Malthusian Darwinian theory, he must justify his right to exist. So we have inspectors of inspectors and people making instruments for inspectors to inspect inspectors. The true business of people should go back to school and think about whatever it was they were thinking about before somebody came along and told them that they had to earn a living. <laughs> and it's an interesting it's concept. So brilliant, that, that quote. And I'm so glad you brought that up because one of my biggest pet peeves and I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the States as it is in Canada with the political, um, you know, when there's when there's an election coming up, one of the biggest platforms is we have to create more jobs. We will create more jobs. We need to create more jobs. It's all about, really? Why does more jobs equate to more abundance? It doesn't. Logically, it doesn't make sense to me that more jobs means, for some reason, to these people more abundance. And I'm glad you brought it up. 
I'm so glad you brought it up because it's really one of my pet peeves. Well, I mean, in terms of practicality, yes, there are tasks that need to to take place, and uh, and in terms of what civilization really means, it is based on cooperation. And yes, there are mutual tasks shared that can benefit a number of people. But in terms of what it is about our true talents that can be tapped into, uh, a, a little bit outside the idea of a job is this is this idea of just going back and doing what you love, and uh, there, therefore you stop working, right? Like that's that's the way to to quit your job is is to, is to do something for a living that you love doing. And um, it, it was interesting in going through the HMI program, that's Hypnosis Motivation Institute, where Dr. John Kappas did a, a, a body of research suggesting that our system of subconscious numeric value systems based on money uh, was actually very limited in terms of how it could expand in one lifetime. And he started exploring this idea that uh, certain people get locked into certain income ranges based on numeric programming that often starts early in childhood and that unless they go in and start changing that, uh, they're never going to achieve more. But that also brings us back to this idea of, of money as the basis of everything and, and uh, that's traded anyway, and that's not, um, that's not necessarily in keeping with a lot of people's spiritual belief systems, but if you think about it, money's absolutely necessary to pay for services that we have become, well, intrigued to, or some would argue entrapped in, uh, because there's there's a lot of options out there for people going off the grid and whatnot and finding other ways of sustainability uh, to move forward and to be more independent of that system. But um, one of the things that I, th- I thought might be really nice is to put a system into place um, where people could use their minds, and I'm talking about in their talented way of using their gift of creativity and co-creating this world on a consciousness level and actually, quote, earn a living of it. And it's not necessarily a job, but rather something that we can bring our unique talents to and sort of, you know, answer this system of rewards that were associated with putting on an effort uh, because ultimately it becomes effortless and as much as some people would like to get off of the system of money, it might even just take a little bit of money in order to do that and you probably know what I'm talking about. For example, trying to create the time essentially to build, for example, some solar panels or to start your own garden, etc. Some of this requires an adjustment period, and it requires uh, sometimes, in this case, a little bit of money in order to do that. And so Dr. John Kappas created a therapeutic process that actually used a system of numbers that was a reward system for therapy. He would actually have people ledger in certain dollar numeric events or values for certain events that they had done. And at first I had a a great objection to this. Uh, I had an objection to it because I thought, well, well, gosh, the subconscious mind operates off of much more than a system of money as reward. 
uh, as anything, there's there's even a lot of spiritual conflict surrounding this idea of of money being the root of all evil, etc. Which, in fact, it's really not. Money is only representative of, of energy. It's, it's it's people hoarding and and what they do with it that can cause the damage. But you know, he would have people actually reward themselves numerically in order to increase the value placed on that that event such as doing something positive in your life or he would have you know somebody double their income to try to get the subconscious comfortable with that increased level of income because uh, once the subconscious mind gets a fixed number in its in its life script it doesn't often go beyond that and that can be for a lot of reasons but what we're seeing now is inflation rising at a level that most people's subconscious minds are not entrained to keep up with. For example, some of the houses that used to be for sale in the neighborhoods that they grew up in are often now, with inflation rates, 10 times that amount. And Dr. Kappas discovered that was way too much, usually, without some type of conscious intervention uh, for anybody to make an adjustment to. So we've got a problem with prosperity in our world and this, basically, this enslavement to the system of money that's really, I think, hurting a lot of people. And it ties in with energy medicine, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. Um, for now, I thought, well, you know, so his system used this, he called it the mental bank. And I thought, well, well, why not just do it with real money? Why not create a system to where people can get rewarded and perhaps sustain themselves instead of referring to it as a job but rather sustain themselves by going back to the creative faculties of mind that are our unique gift that we should be here offering to the guidance of this world to the to the tending of the garden so to speak and so that's basically what I'm working on right now it's a system of people being able to go in and utilize their mind in a way that will afford them an income. I don't want to call it a job, but it's essentially something similar to that. But uh, enable them also to make some of the changes that they need and to give them the space to be able to do what they are here to do without the distractions of all the media and perhaps even the stresses of some of the jobs out there that can be so demanding both physically, mentally, and on our time that it doesn't leave much room for people to use their gifts unless they're trained to do it. So that is what I'm, that's the next, that's the next system of mind energy. So thus far it's just been about relaxation training and the like, but at this point it's going to be an actual income derived, it's a way to derive income by actually using your mind and having the space to do that. And, hopefully accepting that that is part of our purpose and that we can sustain ourselves by doing that. If you think about it, most of society has not rewarded people for using their minds in that fashion. If anything, the minds get harnessed in education. And uh, in my opinion and in the opinion of many others, uh, misled with a lot of uh, false information, even historically, even about our identity and what we're capable of. And there's a lot of entrainment that's that's gone along with separating people from this unique creative faculty of mind that I believe through homeopathically this system of money that might support them through the transition. Does that make sense? 
That makes wonderful sense. Um, because you're right, we don't, in in general, um, have a system of rewards unless you're a university professor, I suppose, researcher, uh, or a cloistered corporate researcher in some endeavor that is deemed valuable, but whether it is or not is... I'll leave that up to others to figure out or decide. But um, in all of the work that we've done on looking at financing routes for this film, I came across one organization, just one, and they're in South Africa. And their grants are all to individuals. And it's, you know, what is it that you would do if you didn't have to... What was What is it you would do if you had a year that you didn't have to that you could just quit your job, you didn't have to work. You And they figure out, you know, what you're making now or what it costs to live if you're not making anything, and they support you for a year. Um, and, and, of course, whatever it is that you've said is your thing, they, you know, check in with you and make sure that you're staying at it, you know. But, um, but one on the whole planet, it's all I found. And, um, and of course, they can't help but uh, a, a few people each year. So, um, uh, But there are a lot of creative folks looking at different routes, uh, you know, with local complementary currencies, uh, gift economies, uh, because we've got to do something about this idea of economy. It just doesn't pass the logic test anymore. Um, this idea of continual growth just forever that the dollars will grow. And eventually it gets to where there has to be inflation because you just can't, there's not that much stuff. Um, well, so and I'm very also- interested to to see how it is that that your idea is going to work, because I think that the end end all do all is probably going to be a synthesis of some of these ideas. Well, originally the idea was to get a system of reward in place for people to use their mental powers to heal themselves, because um, as a somebody who's perpetually watching the media, I'm basically noticing that the media has essentially entrained people to the system of illness, but also um, it's become so expensive that a lot of people are making too much money off of it. And I just thought it would be nice to give people a tool to be able to go inside and heal themselves without having to worry about money. And so really the emphasis of a lot of it is to teach people how to use their minds to go in and create healing on themselves in many different areas but without having to worry about the money, because the truth is, especially with a lot of the sick people I've worked with, they are so debilitated that they have lost their income. Uh, many of them cannot work right now, and yet they're looking for solutions. They want to seek some alternative therapies and things and the like, but they also want to be taught the skills as to how to go in and actually use their subconscious mind to bring some healing to themselves. And I thought a system of reward would be very helpful for them because they could actually take the time to go in and do the healing and not have to worry about money. 
So in essence, it's kind of a support system for people who do want to go in and do the work. And if they want to take a year off to do that, hopefully we can provide them with the means to do that with a sense of at least having earned it because um, that still is at work psychologically with a lot of people. Um, most people really feel that you know there, there needs to have been some, some earning that went along with it and just by involving them in a larger program, they can have that sense. But ultimately, I, I believe that uh, through a lot of um, observation through energetic medicine and through all of, for example, my clients, who have described their financial stress as being intolerable and with the manipulations of the banks, for example, that they have, um, they've essentially been, been blindsided monetarily and the stress has gotten so great that they've lost their health insurance, they've lost their homes, they've lost all kinds of things and need a support system and able to do what they're here to do, which is, first of all, if they learn how to heal themselves, they can probably learn how to heal others using their minds. And we have a lot of documentation that these techniques really do work. There's a lot of people who have employed them successfully to go in and create their own healing. But it also instills a sense of personal responsibility and self-nurture and care that's not necessarily instilled through all the messages that we receive through society either. So it's it's really operating on a lot of different levels in terms of trying to create the power, the sense of empowerment, and the techniques that can allow somebody to work on themselves in their own healing. And I'm talking about very strong mind-body correlations and what people have been able to do with that, coupled with some lifestyle changes, but also to simply relax and stop worrying about the money because... There's also an energetic dynamic to this that I've observed, and it's something in uh, homeopathy called a miasm. Now, Samuel Hahnemann had, had discovered something very profound through his practice of rediscovering, shall we say, homeopathy. And uh, that was this idea of a miasm being this, this, this not necessarily molecular, but more energetic disturbance or presence of a dynamic that is underlying and driving the, the process of disease. And uh, he called these miasms by different names. Like, for example, the, the one that he believed everybody has is called the Sora miasm, meaning that it's, it's called the itch, and that can be metaphorical too. It can be a, a mental itch, such as worry, worry over money even. That can fit with this Sora miasm, and people with psoriasis and, and um, anything that has a keyword of underfunction may have this underlying energetic disturbance that is usually eradicated by, by using homeopathy for that particular miasm. And there's another one, of course, that was uh, attributed to the dynamics of, of many cases of suppressed uh, cases of, say, syphilis and gonorrhea, that those have affected the downs, the, the offspring of people who may have had those issues. And that they enter, even though they may have cured themselves of those diseases, their offspring has the energetic presence or dynamic of some of them. And they can result in destruction, for example, or overexpansion, people with extra organs, for example. But one of the more interesting ones, which is a complex one, is the cancer miasm. And he noticed that 
The cancer, you don't have to have the disease of cancer to have the cancer miasm. Now, one of the distinguishing features of it is, is somebody who is it's just beyond all systems of reason unable to maintain any money at all. They are constantly energy depleted. And when you start to look at the money as the energetic dynamic or expression of their prosperity, you start to see that they are just simply energy depleted people which is what we often see with the disease of cancer as well. But these miasms can be promoted through a a long history of suppression of diseases through allopathic treatment, but also through, and that means through suppression of symptoms and not getting at the underlying cause, but also through things like vaccinations and um, overloading the immune system with too much information too early on, that all of these things can result and a miasm that doesn't necessarily produce the disease of cancer, but but can often produce that. And never before in history have we seen such a rampant expression of cancer, especially on this side of the world, as we are in these times. And so he, it was interesting that he made the correlation between people's money and their and their disease of cancer, and that's exactly what we're starting to see. We see a large, widespread system of Banking that has created a lack of prosperity for most people and unmanageable debt that's accelerating at rates that are too high on top of more of an of a uh, expression of the disease of cancer itself, which of course is due to many reasons, but that miasm plays in accordance with homeopathic theory an important role well, and we're just talking about this idea of economy that grows forever without limit. Well, that's also a good de- description of cancer. It's cells that take off and reproduce without limit, grow without limit within you, and and that also causes you to be energy depleted. And if money, even those of us that are quote-unquote light workers, have defined money as energy, which it, it, even if we've not put it in those exact words, that's really how it's sort of been defined for us, then if you're energy depleted, how are you going to have any money? It's the reflection of your energy. And uh, it is, uh, I think, vital that that people do exactly what you're talking about, which is to look inside and see what's going on in here because the money's a reflection Kind of like if you went and looked at yourself in the mirror and your hair was out of place, you don't reach over to the mirror and try to straighten it out. You look to yourself and straighten out the hair, and the reflection must be straight then. And uh, Well, you know, I'm going to interject again, and um, but this time I'm just going to say simply it's a hell of a lot easier to say you need to figure out what the core cause is than to actually go to that journey and and find out what the core cause is. Well, yeah. A lot of things are easier easier to say, easier said than done. Go I climb mean, that mountain. The way, the way, yeah, well, that's that's the way it and sounds. It's like, oh, go climb that and you'll be fine. Well, but that's, you know, I think, part of, it's, part of what Gage I mean, is talking about. about there's Let's no be value about how difficult it is. 
Oh, it's that's that's why I think that this system she's talking about would be so powerful. Is there is no incentive, there is no reward other than the internal reward, which will turn into external reward. But we've been disconnected from that vision. Um, so there is no incentive or reward to work on yourself. If your money's messed up, then you go get some kind of certificate, get some kind of job, go get some kind of welfare, go get some kind of something. You go out there and find something that solves it, and that's not ever where the answer is. Or so we keep telling everybody about other subjects. Yet even light workers, even myself, I get caught in the I'm, you know, as screwed up on money as anybody. And um, I'm one of those. It does. I don't think it would matter how much money you gave me. I wouldn't have any. Uh, I have, you know, I worked for a decade in corporate America and built up a 401k. I was a good little corporate boy, you know, built up a 401k, did all that stuff. And uh, it didn't take me very long for it to all just crash down around my ears and be gone. Me and Jimmy Buffett, you know, made enough money I could buy Miami, and I pissed it away so fast. Um, so how do we fix it? Well, the thing that's you know, I mean, here's why Gage is here. Yes, I want to take it further though, because there's, I mean, this is an ongoing, and what I'm going to call a devastating challenge for people. Because she's right. It not just makes you emotionally sick. It can make you very physically sick and weak. And if you're depending on other people to help you out and you're not feeling like you're earning it, then that's not going to help your situation because emotionally it's going to leave you feeling stagnant and unworthy. Um, so... No, it's it's so true. I mean, there's so many different messages that we've been programmed about with our worth that I think Buckminster Fuller was, was kind of referring to, you know, that, that um, and it, it also interferes with our internal sense of power and, and our ability and the power, powerful abilities that we have to use our minds to heal. And yet that has not been the subject of most of our educations. It's been very mechanical in terms of, well, here's a set of information. Learn how to remember this and apply it to your sense of politics, for example, and accept our leadership and be obedient. Or uh, here's a set of numbers. Learn how to calculate these, but don't look at the quality of the numbers. Just do something with them and um, get the right answer. And we'll grade you on that, right? It's it, There's so many inferred ways that we've been disconnected from what our minds are really capable of, that I believe it takes an intensive effort for people to stop, intervene gently with patience with themselves and with the amount of time they need to do that. And that might be taking a year off, like you said, Rick. You know, I, I remember... And, and it is work. Let's not let anybody have question that this is work. Hard work. Okay, but here's and makes you here's, exhausted. Here's, and here, you see here's these my thing here. They're like tired all the time. They're like, I'm just tired. Well, you're running a marathon every day in your spiritual work alone. Your your internal work. And 
people don't think about it, but it does. It makes you tired. I did accounting for a while. Uh, I was a banker. <laughs> and until I figured out how that worked, and then I said, oh, I don't want to do this. But you'd sit there and calculate all day, and it would. It would go bad. Mm-hmm. Am I still here? You're still here. I think okay. we lost Jane. I heard a blink. She may be mad no. that I interrupted her. Either that or it's the Internet up in the mountains. It's a sensitive subject. It's a, it's a very sensitive subject because there has been so much masturbation surrounding what is really underneath some of our prosperity issues and so much guilt surrounding it uh, in terms of either did you earn it or is it bad? Is money bad? I mean, there's a lot of religious conflict out there with prosperity and um it takes some intervention to go back into the subconscious mind and say it's okay. It's okay that prosperity is really the natural way of being and that it's okay to I just got a message from her. She said her internet was wonky. That's okay. Uh, to take some effort to go in and do the work. And yes, sometimes that creates... We need space for reflection. Uh, there's a, a lot of people who are working triple golden overtime on so many different levels, either through what they're providing their families with or the amount of work that they must bring to their living, coupled with other endeavors that there's not much left over in terms of reflection and really starting you know, to use their minds in a completely different way than what they've been taught to do. They, did you, were you in, in, in I remember as a, as, as a kindergartner, we used to have meditation hour, we had nap hour. Yeah. Which, that was, that was the mental break you needed. Take a nap. It's nap time, no talking. Right. You know, there were, there were rules. No talking, had, no playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and mom and dad would give you a quarter or now I suppose it's a dollar and, uh, but whatever it was, you got used to, you know, there's all these pretty candies, and I want, I never wanted all of them, but I always wanted more than I could get. And so it was, okay, but you only have this much money, so you have to pick. Mm-hmm. And so it's from childhood forward, really, this this idea that you're limited extremely. And... And you kind of learn those numbers, and then when you, like you said, when you get older, it's like 10 times as much, and you don't. Every time I fill up the car and it's 50 or 60 bucks, I'm like, what? Exactly. And yet when you look at your income, has it really multiplied to keep up with that rate? Uh, I hate to say it, it but has, not it even close. Not, it has for some. But yeah, it for a few. For a lot of people. For a lot of people, their income levels are still in this one subconscious comfort range of what it knows because that's the way the subconscious mind operates. It's comfortable with what it knows until we teach it otherwise. And uh, it, it, it's not Okay, even... so yeah. where and what is the practical viable solution? Because here's the problem I see, and this is going from, I think we'll say four years of experience, intimate experience with this particular subject. You try to follow your passion and you dive into that, you try to work on the things about yourself that um, cause you your limitations, but 
there's often a certain amount of sacrifice that has to go along with that. You have to give up your job or perhaps even in some cases illnesses forces you to give up your job so you end up trying to follow your passion to try and restore your health. Either way, you're following your passion, but your passion's not paying your bills. That's right. And the the further it goes where your passion's not paying your bills, the more your passion becomes your pain. So what is a practical, viable solution? Because the welfare ain't it. Because welfare is not going to pay your bills while you're trying to build a career. And the longer you struggle in the act of trying to follow your heart and your passion, then the 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 closer you become to wanting to give up whatever your passion was and give up on it completely. So what's the practical, viable solution to this? Well, I believe that there's probably a great many practical solutions to it, but the one that I see is taking care of this one pesky practical necessity in life called paying your bills while you perceive while you pursue your, your goals and offer your your heart and your passion and your talent to the world essentially and and this really applies to a lot of artists as well as even writers or anyone who um, would like to just take time out to reflect without you know having to worry about this pesky idea of the money and that's that's where I thought well why not you know I know it's a touchy subject money and there's a lot of uh, mixed emotions that come about when people associate making money with certain endeavors, but wouldn't it be nice if you could get rewarded and actually use your mind at the same time, at least an hour or two a day, and not have to worry about your bills, freeing up your time to pursue your passions or your healing or both, or even just visioning a better world for the planet. It's my opinion through four years of comparative religion studies that I I think historically it's been documented enough that that's really our purpose here, is to vision a better world and to elevate our consciousness in order to affect this world if we're at the, you know, supposed near, near the top of the consciousness change, so to speak. I'm not sure that that's always true, but it certainly... <laughs> Uh, it's certainly uh, something that is implied in most of our spiritual training or religious trainings. And why not reward people with that? You know, it, it, that's where the religious conflict can really interfere because people say, well, wait, I, I'm not going to associate money with, with um, you know, I, to be a professional meditator. And, and I say, why not? Why not get rewarded for that and be able to bring your better qualities to your life without so much stress? and perhaps get out from under some of these other financial burdens that may be preventing you from bringing all of your attention and all of your focus and all of your awareness to your own healing, the healing of others, and what you want to do. And that's that's when I thought, okay, why don't we take John Kappas's idea of the mental bank and take it one step forward and do it with real money? And why don't we put a system into place to where people can actually... They do have to, it does require some effort. They have to get other people involved in the program, but not in a way that's unmanageable or too stressful. If you can find two people who can get two people, you can start to build a network that we have put a system into place that is going to be self-sustaining of at least 
<clears throat> say, $42,000 a year just to at least pay your bills with, if not potentially make much more by increasing, yes, sales of this program and getting more people involved. And it was important to be able to get people involved in a legal way, and it is, and in a way that is in a, an established business model of network, networked systems and networked um, types of record keeping and and such and financial management. And um, I sort of I, like calling the other modality that you do biofeedback. You have to; it has to fit in a pigeonhole. Well, it does. Yeah, it has, exactly. We it have does. to get along with where we're at right now. And and there is technically in the business model and in, in, in accordance with the legal system of financial exchange, you know, there is a a product that you know you that would be purchased that you would resell essentially, and that's guided imagery and education on how to use your mind. And actually, instead of you know, you need to pay for it, but the fact is, uh, it's such a small startup amount that that's really more of a psychological thing than anything else, and is the building block for being able to provide an income upon more sales. And essentially, it's been worked out to, with to to be an, a system. I thought, what is really, you know, how do you really get people who may be struggling into a system like this to where they could make real money, but with maybe perhaps a little bit of money. And I thought, what is what is perceived value? Number one, we have to go back to the psychology of this because we've been trained to see things this way. So there has to be perceived value. and But yet it has to be reasonable. Right. And so, it has to be uh, reachable. Exactly. It has to be reachable. And I thought, what, what's, almost anybody could, could have a garage sale and come up with 299 bucks to jump in with. And then I started drawing upon Dr. Kappas' research and saying, what does the repayment system look like in a way that changes the subconscious belief system about money and gives it permission to accept more? And that's by first working in the increments he researched that worked. And so the first payback after after you've gone through the first 10, guide, 10 lessons and, and mental exercises and gotten your two people who've gotten two people who've gotten two people who've gotten two people. That's it. That's all it takes. Keep it simple. You know, and I've had a lot of multi-level marketing people come in and say, oh, no, you need to make it five legs and, you know, make sure they have to have 100 people for they." And I thought, no, no, this has to be simple at first. It has to be simple. It has to be achievable. It has to be doable. And it can't be too complicated. And it has to be an easy system to account for and pay out of. And this is manageable. You know, you can't ask people to go out and get five people. Of course, there's going to be people that do that. They're going to go out and get, you know, 100. But then there's going to be people who say, you know what, I can, I can get two. Who can get two? You know, and it's got to be two who can get two. Uh, but you know what? Uh, this is a system that works with a lot of products that are marketed right now. The difference being they usually have a much higher overhead. I, I don't. I don't have any packaging. I don't have any. I don't have any labeling. I don't have any. Uh, all I've got is a downloadable media file that you can put onto MP3 players or your computer and listen to and learn to use your mind. It's an educational program and a guided imagery program. And then the first system of reward is that it works with the stages of development. What's the, what's the first stage of development that, uh, that Erickson pointed out that we're all establishing in infancy? And that's trust. 
And so the first thing that they, everybody gets back is a, is a repayment of their initial $299. And so all of a sudden, they're in risk-free. They've just gotten an education on their mind, and they've broken even. And you think, okay, good. That didn't cost anything. It didn't cost me a thing to use my mind. And then the next reward goes about double to where they get, you know, um, at this point, uh, it's not laid in stone, but we've got, got a figure of five ninety nine. It's doubled. And then they think, wow, I've just doubled my money. And then we go a little bit higher because I'm introducing some thoughts at this part of the process that will enable the receival of more money. I go a little bit higher with a $1,500 payout. And, and, and that's without having to put any more money in. And then at the next level, ultimately, it's a, uh, a much greater payout of, like I said, $42,000. That number was picked because I really liked that movie, The Hitchhiker. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, that's manageable. Most people can accept that. And, uh, and, of course, there's more opportunities to make more, but that's enough to give people an opportunity to go inside and and make the necessary changes that instinctually, somewhere in that little spark of life called their consciousness and what they come from, they know is their ultimate purpose. And yes, it unfortunately is all wrapped up in this system of misinformation about money. And we can actually use money to get people out of it. Does that make sense? It's almost like it's almost like a use you know and, and, you know, and that was another thing about John Kappas' program was, that, you know, he said, you know, you really are psychically broadcasting your mental life script for your income level to other people, okay? They're really, really picking that up. And, uh, you know, I noticed that that was true. But I also noticed that I wasn't always making the money, and that's where I found the, the homeopathic energetic connection. So part of the, the guided images are going to, you know, essentially – Address that more more directly, so that people understand there's an energetic dynamic in their body. They might be able to, instead of through homeopathy, through their mind, go in and learn to control to where it's not it's consuming energetic dynamic to where they constantly find themselves energy depleted. They're usually very loving people. They have great qualities as human beings. It's just that energetically, there's a little bit of a disturbance that can be corrected that is not so depleted and that's really the goal is to get people to not only heal themselves but get rewarded for it take some loving care to the state of their mind and and actually get rewarded for that because i don't think people have been rewarded they've been rewarded for being followers and obedient and maybe to some certain extent creative but it's been a challenge for most but within the limits imposed on them generally well right right and so that's that's you know this i wanted to do this 10 years ago but i cut that quantum wave and got really distracted but now that i look back on it the time is perfect now and i know much more to bring to it especially through the energetic waveform you know um, science that i've been exposed to for the past 10 years i see a real overlap and supportive layering in of energetic theory into this whole endeavor that could really work. And as a matter of fact, eventually I'd like to, you know, um, use some of the energetic medicine devices that help entrain brainwaves 
they're very simple. They're over-the-counter, little simple handheld devices that will stimulate more of an alpha brainwave rhythm, allowing a, a deeper, slower brainwave rhythm to to bring to the relaxation and the process. And um, even though you know you don't need to reach those levels, you can you can be in a state of anxiety and accept a, a belief. Um, it, those deeper inner states of peace are are sometimes well supported by. Um, relearning how to slower your brainwave rhythms down. And, and for some people, the devices can kind of be a little bit of a head start that way. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways to go with this. And hopefully in um, really giving people an alternative to to the information they've been exposed to at this point. Because uh, ultimately, unless we remember that divine spark always, which some people do, but others can get distracted by the stresses of life. And this is just a way to help them to go back in and remember that that's what they're here for. Yeah, the system is kind of... I know that you're... um, Sorry, Rick, I'm going to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Again. Please. Um, I know that your time is really limited tonight. Is this system already um, in place? Has it been activated? And if so, how do people get involved with this? Because there are people out there looking for a solution. And... Mm -hmm. This sounds like a viable, workable, real well, yeah. solution. Yeah, it is. And, and um, you know, I've, I thought to do it under the educational model and still might overlap it with that. But um, I, uh, I, I've got, we're putting the accounting systems into place because I have a feeling this might go viral, especially when people see the large payout involved. It'll only work if it's not, you know, if there's if there's uh, the reward system in place, and we're much a- more able to do that with something that's not uh, costly for manufacturer, and uh, you know, guided imageries are not costly to manufacture or deliver. Uh, that's, that's there's free delivery. There's not even any shipping involved if you keep it all online based. And so, uh, we're going to be ready to officially launch. We're testing systems right now. Uh, I I feel like in two months we'll be ready to launch. And so I'd love to come back and talk about that, you know. Absolutely. Please do. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. It's especially artists. I think artists have such great heart and uh, so much to offer the world right now through their special ways of storytelling, which are so in keeping with consciousness and mind that, you know, especially a lot of them and a lot of our our fellow brethren who are, are sick need the support right now. And that's what it's about. I mean, if people could just relax, take some time out to reflect, reorient, and do what they know that they're here to do without, you know, being uh, without electricity, we, eventually I'd like to see, you know, everybody be able to, to create their own Tesla generators with this program. And, and maybe we'll have a special Tesla generator uh, building instruction module. But but for now, you know, people, uh, it, 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 we have to be grounded in reality. Right now, most of us are dependent upon the system of money just for simple, basic necessities. Um, and yeah, you just are. If they're not homeowners, they're renting. That, that rent, that that landlord wants their money. Uh, you need electricity; they they want their power bill paid. Until you learn how to get off the grid or whatever. So right now, I just can't imagine the um, the amazing creative gifts that would come out of somebody actually taking it. And I know a lot of people say, you know, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to focus on my blah, 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 and then blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, in the end, it boils down to you can't actually focus on creating 
something pure if you are still worried about putting food in your mouth. So, you know, I... I, your job, exhausted from your job at the end of the day. You know, uh, for some people, there's not much energy left over. No. Yeah, there's just not a lot left over to write something or experiment with something because artists and storytellers, for sure, but how many... How many Edisons, how many Einsteins That's right. have not done uh, what they might have because they had to get shoehorned into a pigeonhole? Yeah. You are a whatever it is, from garbage man to CEO, whatever it is, it's that's what you are. It's not, you know, it's a societal, what's that, you know, first world Early question, if not the first question, what do you do? Well, your name first. Then what do you do? So it's 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 back to when they first invented last names. People were named Baker, if they were Bakers. That's right. Or Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Shields. Schumacher. Shields, I was probably a blacksmith's kid somewhere along the ancestral tree. Shield maker. Um, and it is. It's part of that part of that programming, and it's it's not just you know it. it well, one, it doesn't matter why is, does the programming exist, um, but it is what that kind of society, that industrial society, sort of needs is good workers, you know. Yeah. And well, and, but it's, it, how about if we had a system in place to where, you know, those people were actually rewarded and, and um, you know, didn't have to do that all day long? I mean, it, somebody's got to manage the trash. And, you know. Oh, well, sure. I mean, you look at some of these sustainable communities that we were going to put in our movie, and I know that we're we're running tight on time, but one of the things they talk about is that they take care of their community duties, and the community produces all their own food, electricity, but they take care of their communal duties in two or three hours a day. There you go. And then it's manageable and it's not interfering with the rest of what you want to accomplish. Right. And so, yes, there must be, like you said, somebody's got to pick up the trash, somebody's got to, you know, keep the lights on. But we do a lot of things just to be doing them and to be making money. Um, and we we should also be having fun and anchoring some fun down onto the planet because that's a really high vibrational energy right there. Yeah, yeah. That's why I sign emails and stuff, love and laughter instead of love and light. It's the uh-huh. same thing to me. <laughs> yeah. Laughter and light. Uh, Warm Cousins laughed himself well by locking himself when he was diagnosed with cancer into her hotel room and watching comedies and laughing himself well. The power yeah. of vibration. Jane... Often we'll do that when Disney she's movies. Yeah, bunk up with Disney movies all day. Disney movies. When my back's really bad, I will tell the world to go away, and I will lie in bed and watch Disney movies for two or three days until I can get back on my feet. Works. Well, this is fascinating. I wish I didn't have yeah, to go. Yeah, you've got to you've got to get moving. Well, I've got a webinar I have to do, and I'm sorry that we had a little bit of a mix Well, up that's and- why we didn't take our uh, our usual break at the half hour. We're going to take it now. I want to thank you for squeezing us in, even with the schedule conflict. It would have been easy to just tell us, hey, my own class takes priority. Um, <laughs> but this is extraordinarily valuable 
information and an extraordinarily valuable idea, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I think Jane likes it. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'll come back and, and tell you even more about the nuts and bolts of it. And uh, for now, that, I gotta, that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah once you get all that nailed down. Yeah, I want to get it started. I want to get it up and going very soon. I was hoping for September, but I think more like um, probably November. So um, I'll be in touch, and I'm, I've got students waiting, so I've got to go. All right. Um, All right. Have well, a wonderful you. class. Have a great and night. Bye. Thanks for your time. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Man, can you I, – I think it would be difficult to imagine the difference that the – the potential difference that something like that could make. Yeah, absolutely. I um I fully support the concept. I fully support the idea. Um I would have to know more about the methodology. Sure. We got to look at the I'm always really nervous when I look at anything that that looks like pyramid. Um well, and yeah, all the you know, I's have of, to be dotted kind of and system. T's have to be crossed, but I used to be that kind of them does tend to make me does well, tend to make me leery now. However, leery. there have been a lot of however, really shady ones out there. This is something that is needed. Um, be it that system that she set up that works, or she finds something else. Whatever system she sets up, she's totally on the right track um, with regards to the importance of this because too many people are giving up on their passions. Too many people are perpetually ill um, and too many people are exhausted and they just can't be bothered anymore. You know, like, I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, if I have to make a choice between showing up for this radio show and going out to a job and putting food on you know, my daughter showing up for the radio shop, starving, or having your daughter starve, or go get the food. Or having my go daughter go starve. Get the food. I am gonna go get the freaking food, and I don't give a shit how many people wanted to hear the show tonight. I ain't gonna be here. That's just the way it is because this does not put food on my table. I do this because I'm passionate about it. I do it because I love it, but it does not right now put food on my table. So, and I know that I'm certainly not the only one out there that is in that kind of situation i've spoken to several people who i if i could do if i could take three months off my job if i could yeah follow young zach ward with his incredible ideas of efficiency and engines and things that sound right there's always that blockage that says i can't take the time because if I take the time, then I am going to have to sacrifice too much. And when I say sacrifice too much, I don't mean sacrifice going out at the end of the night and having a few drinks with friends. That's not the kind of sacrifice I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who, you know, I I know people personally who have given up their homes. They've given up their savings. They've given up, you know, their vehicles. Um, they've completely altered their way of life simply to follow a dream to find out later that it's not... I'm on a first-name basis with the people at the pawn shop and the coin shop. Always. Uh, and because this is I've sold almost about. everything that I've got. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much out of stuff to sell. 
And, and you have to you have to really believe in what you're doing to be able to do it at that level. But eventually you're gonna get too tired and you're not gonna wanna do it anymore and you're gonna have to make a choice. And once you have to make a choice, once you're forced to make a choice, wouldn't it be nice to say to these people that there's another option? It would be great to say to people that there's not their option. There sh- you should not have to give up everything that you own, either be it pawning stuff off or because you can't pay the bills and you have to sacrifices and, um, you know, you have to give up some of the things that you'd like to do. Um, you shouldn't have to do that in order to follow your dreams and follow your passions. You shouldn't. And I, I don't understand how that got so twisted up and confused that people believe that that is the normal, um, that that's acceptable or even well, expected. Well, I think it has to do with this self-worth implant, sort of, so to speak, of, look, it's in religion about your soul. Forget the money. you got to earn your way to just have the right to exist is really the message that comes across. It's the message that came across to me as a kid from school, church, and parents. you got to earn your right to be here. And, and, and it's, in the, it's in the slang language. It's, you know, oh, he's yeah, not, you know he's not worth the that. air that he breathes. Well, that's saying I'll, he doesn't have a right to exist. That. Because how can you tell a baby, an innocent baby who needs to be cared for 24 hours a day because it cannot provide itself with food. It can't, you know, I mean, it can't even turn over, for goodness sakes. Um, it can't wash itself. It's not even like a like a, a baby animal that can clean itself to some extent. You know, we're talking about a human infant. How can you say to a human infant that it has to earn its place in heaven? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's that I, famous question. What, what about ba- infants that die? Do they go to heaven? That's, of course, preachers freaking... get that. Well, it, but preachers get that all the time. I've seen it written, asked, you know, all because over the internet, all over the everywhere. Because people believe if you don't baptize your child that they're not going to heaven. Oh no, you haven't baptized your child. They're going to go. Dr- Come. Give me a break. <laughs> I can't. All dogs can't. go to heaven. And everybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. I don't understand, but why this has become such a large part of our society. And I do. Um, where is the value and worth in this? I mean, really, honestly, how has this system that we have set up that calls into question people's dreams and their visions and their desires and their passions, when we call those into question and we we accuse them of being selfish instead of integrating them into our society and weaving their talents and skills into a society that can actually utilize those talents and skills. Instead, we tell them, no, that's not a worthy talent or skill. Go get a job. But we're going to pay this other guy over here to do exactly the same thing. But he'd rather be a garbage. It doesn't make sense to me it's completely illogical and yeah well everybody's a genius yes but um if you 
if you measure everybody by their ability to climb trees, then an awful lot of those geniuses are going to look like idiots. And it doesn't diminish their genius. It just means that they're not a genius at climbing trees. You know, I mean, it, I don't know. We we um, we have company around the campfire. We have Janet and Sam. Everybody's here. Hello. <laughs> hey there. Hey, what's up? And there's Hi. Jordan in the chat room. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Jordan. Uh-oh. Somebody I hear an echo. Yeah, we have an echo. Somebody my... needs to mute their sound. Okay, it's not me because I muted before I called. Um, Is it me? My I don't know. Oh, no. I think it's, it's gone now. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, I, I just like just got here and, and really don't know what you're talking about. Did, did, did you just hear an echo? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit. <laughs> it, it, oh, right. my God. We, our guest tonight, uh, Gage Tarrant, um, was talking about a system that she is working on and should have ready here within the next couple of months. Um, and it's a it's based on a network marketing model. So I'm going to say that up front because, as Jean said, pyramid-looking things make her nervous. Um, And knowing Gage the way that I know her, if she comes forward and says, okay, we've got this thing and it's right, it it will be a fair and legal and not a pyramid scheme thing. Um, But there's got to be somehow that if community is going to begin to support people to do certain things, uh, you know, people are learning in the solar power revolution that community solar, neighborhood solar is the thing to do because some houses have trees over the roof. They don't have a place they can put panels. So, And some houses don't have trees at all, and they can put more panels than they need. So they all go together to put it in, and they all benefit from the electricity. And, wow, what a, you know. But, of course, we have at least in the United States, we have Republicans that will tell you that that's socialism. Mm-hmm. Well, we're social beasts. You know, I'm not well, saying you know, socialism is the, the answer. Day, but... just, just the other day, wide my mouth, I told somebody, I mean, you know what, I'm, I'm ready for a little socialism. Yeah, totally. That's the more the area in my book. <laughs> well, I think that if, if, you know, it's like these communities, you know, I would go live in one of these sustainable communities, I believe. Yeah, we, get, we get some options to vote for over here in Europe, you know, in our elections. You know, we've got like, the Green Party in Glasgow City Council has got like um, six out of 70 seats. And it's got a few Scottish MPs in the Green Party. And they're sort of generally the most socialist option. You know, they're more socialist than Labour, you know. And there is an option that counts over here, which is good, you know. Well, and, and you know, like they do, they, they spend two or three hours a day doing their thing, whatever that is. Some of them maintain the electric grid, the miniature electric grid they've set up from themselves. Some of them go to the garden and work. Some of them teach the kids. It You know, they all have their thing, like like a list of chores when you were a kid. But it only takes them two or three hours a day. And then the rest of the day, they can do whatever they damn well please. You want to go lay in the waterfall all day? Have at it, you know. And 
we've gotten to where that balance is backwards. We get two or three hours a day for ourselves, maybe, if we don't have kids. Uh, yeah, but if we have from work and time you got to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the time bed and the time getting yourself something to eat, it sort of cuts it down, doesn't it? You know, the yeah. <laughs> time. Yeah. yeah. And you can't really enjoy, okay, you can't really enjoy if you're tired from, from working X number of hours so that you can put food on the table. You can't really enjoy the time that you have with your family to eat the food the way that we used to enjoy meals, two hours sitting around with family and talking. You can't do that now because everything is, you know, I need to get to bed and need to get some rest so that I can get up tomorrow and do it all over again. Yeah. Well, you know, and another thing, I hate this echo. Well, let me call back, okay? Okay. Maybe maybe the echo will go away. I do have a point, believe it or not. <laughs> my point, right, well, I do have one. Wait, my, my, my echo's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope, it isn't. I'll it call is back. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. I just think it's it's very very backwards. Um, we've given we've given more. Priority to that job than we have given to joy, balance, and and, and family and love. That's right. Well, we're and I'm still getting the echo too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was saying a lot of it is down to consumerism. People create a sort of consumer market, and people. You know, just drive people to sort of create jobs for the sake of having jobs so people can consume for the sake of it, you know. Oh, well, yeah. And yeah. you got inspectors inspecting inspectors and... Yeah. And who's watching them and... It's a, a band called Heaven 17 and it's called Crushed by the Wheels of Industry. It's a sort of um, electro-pop song from the 1980s that got on the charts over here. And it's just sort of... Um, it was sort of digging like Thatcherite policies and the conservatives and the monetarists and stuff like that. So yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, that sort of puts in a, a nutshell kind of what we're talking about. So I recommend. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Am I echoing? Oh God, of course I am. Yeah. Somebody's got well, speakers I'm, instead of okay, headphones. I, where I don't. I'm, used to I'm not saying it's you. You, you, <laughs> you almost never echo off your own stuff. It's somebody else's stuff usually. You know what? Let, let, like if we have a guest that doesn't. If we have a guest that doesn't mute themselves, it's Nick, it's Jane and I that echo, not the guest. Oh. Okay. Well, all I was going to say, and I'll make it quick, and then I'll go back to headphones and. Forgive the echo. All I was going to say is that here in the United States and probably many, many places, we are so conditioned by self-talk and by things that our parents have told us. And I heard this tonight, like things like money doesn't grow on trees, um, you know, just negative talk. And you, you take that kind of talk in and, and and you're you're constantly telling yourself that, and I just think you can't really enjoy anything if your self talk is not changed. And that really had to do with something earlier, but I've lost well, my train of thought as usual. 
Well, but that 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 internal self worth, self talk, um, and it's I'm telling you, overachieving light workers, which we all are, are they just got trashy self worth. Um, and it doesn't seem to help, at least at first on the journey. You you are figuring out all this stuff that of who you are and how powerful you are, and well, then how the hell did I get here? I I am screwed up. You know, you know yeah, yourself. And, and so that self love. We know ourselves too well. You know, yeah, we know but all you the know dirt. What? I I think that that we just you know like if I'm being negative about something, then I should just recognize it and not necessarily share it with the world. I mean, you know, I might share it with someone close to me, someone that can handle it, that won't, uh, you know, get negative themselves. Um, but I, I think it, as, as long as I recognize it, I'm the only one that counts. I mean, you know what? It's, it's just a fact. You know, I mean, we're all here to say we love each other and, you know, we're about the collective, and we are. But if I'm all screwed up and I'm not helping Janet, then I'm not helping the collective. So I have to straighten me out first. Right. And, you know, and I may get tired, depressed, you know, events happen in my life and um, that, you know, upset me for whatever reason. And I I just need to recognize it and, you know, change my self-talk and, you know, infuse positive vibrations on myself. And, you know, because thought is nothing but prayer. I mean, we're communicating constantly with our higher self. And what are we telling ourselves, our higher self? Yeah, well, and, and you know, body memory, too, cellular memory, too. A lot of survival instinct comes from there. And survival instinct will always choose familiar suffering over the unknown because somehow we've been taught the unknown is bad and dangerous and might kill us. I like the unknown. It's infinite possibilities. That's what the unknown is, because you can't put a number on it. If you know the outcome, then you got the one of possibility. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't like being finite, and I am sometimes, but I, I don't. It, I don't like it. Anyway, you know me. I'm always going to change the subject. Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. We we're going to fill the the second thirty minutes, it's, the last it's, thirty minutes with something, and technically in the same subject it is. area, sweetie. So it's yeah, not okay, it's not cool. like you're changing the subject at all. Not um, at all. Just different parts. No. What what Gage is offering, what we were talking about earlier on the show, and Gage is offering is a system that would be set up so that people can actually go through that journey of learning how to change their conversation with themselves and mm-hmm. of how to have find the faith to follow their passion and their dreams without having to make all the personal material sacrifices that people now make in order to do that. And, I mean, as it stands right now, a lot of people will, I'll give up this, I'll give up that, I, you know, work a little less my paying job so that I can put more time into the thing that I'm passionate about so I can build up that and it becomes a process and it becomes a challenge. Gage is trying to find a way 
a viable solution to provide these people with an income so that they can focus solely on whatever it is that their creative core is telling them to do. Um, right. And also right. take and the that, time and do the work on themselves. On the, you know, you got to go through the program too. Without having to be scared that they're going to lose everything in the process. Because why should you have to lose everything? That's my argument. I don't believe that that is any longer an acceptable situation for anybody to be in. Why should you have to lose everything? But that has been the way it's been for years, is that there's there's this belief that you have to sacrifice. Sacrifice. I hate that freaking word. It's propaganda. I don't believe it either. It it just supports the survival instinct. Don't go there. It will kill you. It's almost impossible to let go of that when you have been trained with that since you were a little and, kid. I mean, and, there has to and be supplied with lots of evidence that it's true. That it's a lie. Lots of evidence. And, and yet, it you need to have solid proof that that is a lie that you've been telling yourself and that you've been told for years. You need proof of that. So I think what Gage is, is offering is proof that here's here's a viable way for you to a real a real tangible way for you to follow your passions and your dreams and to get healthy and to get whole and to get well and take the time to take that journey and still be able to put food on the table for your family and, and to a roof not over have the table. a roof over the table and mm-hmm. not have to have your hand out constantly asking for people to help support your personal journey because then it makes it not a self um self first endeavor it makes it a selfish yeah. endeavor yes yes i i understand and and i'm i'm sorry i missed the first part of the show but you know i was at our show so well she's um, going to come back once she gets all the details that you know they've got to make sure that the business structure will pass muster with governments and everybody because you can't just yeah, well, have I a pyramid you can't just give archives. gifts to people and they you 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 do that in you know these gifting circles they end up trying to tell you it's a pyramid scheme and you know but she's That's trying to <laughs> trying to attack maslow's maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. of needs you know your very first is your physiological needs. You've got to breathe. You've got to eat. You've got to have water. You've got to sleep. You know? And and then you got to have a place to live. You get up into the safety, the next thing. Then you can work on esteem and self-actualization and things that are higher up the pyramid. And And I think he's right. If you don't, you know, we might as well just be back in the cave Taking sticks out no, thank to, go, you. to go hunt. Well, we live in better caves, right, but Rick, we're doing. I'm sorry, but I, I like my electricity. Yeah, but but I know that he's right, and I don't think that that I don't think that anybody out there with an actual head on their shoulders, who eats and sleeps and drinks water and you know is a human being, would argue the fact that. To be honest, let's. Let's be brutally, frankly honest. I don't give a shit how spiritual you think you are. Mm-hmm. You need food. You need oh, shelter. Right you need warmth. 
do need, yes, yes. Yeah, I and, agree. And, 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 and this all started with, or, or, or right at the beginning, Gage referred to the quote that I put up from Buckminster Fuller about, we've got to get rid of this specious notion among youth that they must go out and earn a living. Mm-hmm. Because one out of ten thousand of us can come up with technological breakthroughs that support the other nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine in each one of those groups, so it's specious it's a lie that we have to go out and earn a living, but it's part of that social strata of we're going to fit you into a pigeonhole and you're going to be there and behave. It's time for <laughs> you to grow up, stop having these unrealistic expectations. Go to work. Get a freaking job. What do you mean your job is that you're a radio host and, and a movie producer? How many movies have you produced? How much money do you got in your pocket to go do this movie? All right. Get your ass up out that fucking chair and go get a damn job. Now, well, I hear you that because I'm in the same boat. I, was in, I, I hear you. I was in the, I'm just, the same I'm boat. I'm just acting, you know. but... But yeah, no, I mean, I worked in the, the, the regular world for, you know, 30 years, and I am not working in the regular world. You know that. And, uh, you know, editing a few books here for 50 bucks an edit sometimes. Some, it depends on who it is. Uh, sometimes nothing, uh, you know, sometimes more than that. Uh, and... and to be honest, I'm living just as well as I was back then. Well, I'm, I mean, uh, let me let me say this: my house is smaller. I I still have the same piece happy. of furniture, but I'm happy. Right? Yes. Well, I don't. I, you know, I, I don't owe forty nine million way, credit cards. There ought to be a way for us to be happy, and comfortable. Now, I'm not saying that there are not a lot of unrealistic expectations or desires or things with the keeping up with the Joneses baloney, you know, of I, I, I need a McMansion. You know, we started calling them real estate. We started these gigantic houses that they were building in the 80s. I mean, no, monstrous God, no. things. I, I was. We started well, calling them I wasn't McMansions. Gigantic, but yeah, I was one of those eighties. Like McDonald's, freaks. McMansions. You know, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. I used to take people on tours, and it was nightmarish because I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't sort out which house was which by the end of the day because they were all. It didn't matter if, if what price range we were looking in, the houses in that price range were all like identical. Right. And. Right. And. It, it, who, who, I can't tell you the number of families of three that we put into 5,000 square foot homes. Uh, isn't that crazy? With six bedrooms. Yeah. What Who's going to clean that? Like, what the hell are you doing with all that? What you do you need that it. kind of space for? I mean, okay. You know, there was a there was a family across the big road from where I used to live that they built these three great big houses and they put breezeways to connect all three of them, so it looked like a gigantic house. 
And they did enclose all the backyards into one gigantic backyard. They had a basketball court and a swimming pool. But it was three families that had like 10 children apiece. Okay, so there were, you know, 35, 38 people living in there. Okay, you need a big house. (laughs) Well, but I don't. I don't have the right to tell them that's too many kids. They need that much space. That's all cool. But what's a family of three doing in a six-bedroom, seven-and-a-half-bath house? My God, that's more bathroom. You use one bathroom every day of the week, and you still got a half left over by the end of the week. I know. Well, you know what? My personal experience, I, I didn't have that much room or that much money. But, you know, I was living uh, myself and my ex-husband and my brother, and uh, we were living in about a 3,000-square-foot home, which is ridiculous in itself, too. Um, And, you know, I had a a living room upstairs and a living room downstairs. And, you know, I was up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs. Finally, I learned I needed two vacuum cleaners, you know, one upstairs, one downstairs. And I, I, I literally drove myself crazy. And... I felt like uh, I was married to a particular man who um, liked arm candy. And I looked good at the time, I have to say. I'm tired and old now. (laughs) Oh, you look good now. Get over it. (laughs) But I did. I looked good. And, you know, he was like 15 years older than me, which I didn't give a crap about, you know. He he did bring it up sometimes, you know. But... um, it was a completely different world, and I was tired and just nearly had a freaking nervous breakdown. Matter of fact, did did try to commit suicide, so I just did. And um, I had to get the fuck out, you know. And I moved into uh, a cheap apartment myself, well, with my brother because I take care of him. And you know, a little two room, uh, two bath apartment. It was probably like I don't know, maybe seven hundred square feet. And it was mine, and I was happy. And, you know, and then I eventually came to this house, which is only about, oh, I don't know, gosh, it's small. It's like probably 900 square feet, three bedroom, one bath, you know. And uh, I've lived here for nine years, and, yeah, I live in cheap part town, but there's no crime here, and I'm happy. So whatever, but that life drove me nuts. And I felt like a fake and a phony, and I was. Yeah, the whole thing is. Yeah. I mean, I could not be me because, you know, when he met me, I was that hippie, peace freak, blue jean girl. You know who I am. I was that girl. And, uh, you know, I turned into some, you know, Neiman Marcus bitch, and I didn't like her. You know, I just I, I could not deal with that, so I decided to check out. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it it is. It's kind of kind of goofy. It's really. empty. It's very I mean, empty. There was a commercial back when I had a television. There was a commercial that was on sometimes that this guy, you know, there was a picture of him in his. Fancy car, and he was t- talking about all this. He says, I've got a fancy car, and and then he was, you know, at the country club playing golf. I'm a member at the country club, and, and he's on his riding lawnmower, and I've got a beautiful lawn at my big house with the pool in the back. 
And then he looks at the camera and he says, and I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. Help me. <laughs> and 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 it's true. When when I worked for that oil company, that drilling company, wasn't really an oil company. We got hired by oil companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I worked for them, nothing excited them more than when one of us employees bought a house. They would practically throw you a party because you bought wow. a house. Wow. Why? Because now you've got a mortgage payment and you can't quit your job. Mm-hmm. So you got moved, really, in their organizational chart, the one in their mind, you got moved from the might take off in any minute to we can count on him because we've got him in debt enough that he's not going to go anywhere. You know, I've never thought about that's it that insane. way, but that's so true. And, and they had no profit over this debt. That wasn't the point. Their point was they were tired of employee turnover and training people and not having people that know what they are doing. Right. Uh, you know, I, I know that if I called the right people, I could go back to work for the company I used to work for tomorrow at a lower point on the rung, but I'd be a ballast control officer instead of a captain. But uh, because... I know how to do it. Now, that's why I won't go and do it is because of the the changed safety climate. Now, they, they, they'll probably put a bunch of safety stuff in now that they blew up a rig and killed people, including a good friend of mine. Um, wow. He was right up front. He vaporized first, probably. Uh, and... And, and probably did. He probably vaporized, and so it wasn't probably as bad as some of the other people that croaked on the rig, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, that's how they run the, the business. They they cost-cut the safety out until there's a huge tragedy and loss of life. Then they put it back in long enough for people to quit looking. Then they cut it again. Um, so, you know, there's your illusion of, if I'll stay in my job, I'll have safety and stability. Bullshit. If you remain valuable and profitable for them, you will have very minor safety and stability. And and it will depend on you sacrificing your whatever they call upon you to sacrifice. Your values, your... I quit that company once because they sent me to Argentina to work on a rig and they're... The lifeboats didn't work. And my 10th day on the rig, somebody almost flipped it upside down. Would have killed everybody. Wow. We were down where the water's cold enough, it just kills people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so get out the rat race, people. Uh, it's not worth it. And it's not what it what it has been made to appear to be, which is the safe path. It's not. Anyway... I'll get off my soapbox now. I have been informed that it's time. I need one of those I'm studio people that here. you know waves at me and stuff. But um, but that, it's just like when I worked at a bank. I got I made it up high enough that I saw what was really going on, and mm-hmm. I couldn't stay. I couldn't. I tried to right. go back, and I couldn't do it. Um, right. Or even, like, minor things, like, um, you know, I was in the optical business for about 20 years, 
and selling eyeglasses and contact lenses and licensed by the state and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, they would tell us, you know, corporate would tell us, uh, you know, turn them upside down, chase the money out of their pockets. And I worked in the, you know, rich part of town. And um, when someone would come in with an eyeglass prescription, don't forget that they play golf. They need golfing glasses. Don't forget that they may go river rafting. You know, there's certain eyeglass for that, a certain lens for, for that. And, you know, this was back in the day when $1,000 worth of glasses was a whole lot of money and a whole lot of glasses. But I could do it every time. And I just kind of got, I didn't feel good about it, you know. I felt yeah. like I was ripping people off. And not not, not only that, but, you know, an eyeglass frame that, you know, they that would retail... In this particular shop, let's say this was back in the, I guess, 90s, it uh, would retail, let's just say, for $200. Uh, you know, it probably cost 25 bucks. Right. The markup is crazy. And the lenses, like single vision lenses, would cost us $3. Uh, yeah, because the day of that being a expert thing is gone. You you take a blank and stick it in a machine and tell it the prescription, and it grinds the glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know what? It's funny. I, I used to uh, kind of, you know, people that would come in and buy the over-the-counter glasses, I would think, oh, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, you know, because I was programmed to think a certain way. And uh, after I got out of the business, I started doing it. And then recently, you know, I do have a real prescription, and I found a place online I got a kick-ass pair of eyeglasses recently and paid $13 for the frame and lenses. It's single vision, but, you know, it's scratch-resistant, which does not mean scratch-proof, but scratch-resistant lenses. And, uh, matter of fact, my Facebook picture, I think I have my glasses on in that picture, my new one. $13, frames and lenses, shipping, all of it. You know, I would have just been shocked at that back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's how we get beat to death by, you know, foreign companies, and we have to put taxes and stuff on them and things. So they'll do it for nothing. Anyway, um, we've we've come right up and you know, run we're, right we're past the time. Tail, tails around the campfire. <laughs> right, yeah, tails around the campfire. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just we need you in sales for everyday connection donations or something. Wow! But uh, I know what you mean. I felt the same way when I worked in real estate. It was made clear to me that you had to sort of be dishonest to really make a living. Yeah. So I had to go from that too. So now I'm a radio host that you know (laughs) begs usually for the last two weeks of the month or thereabouts. I beg for donations to get enough money to scrape by. And and I do. I do the same. I'm I'm a radio host on Tuesday mornings now. I'm getting tired of it. Anyway, um, thanks for coming by and chatting with us. And Sam? Oh, you're welcome. And you guys have great work. For everybody listening, I mean, please, seriously, Everyday Connection, these guys do great work, and I highly recommend them. And, you know, hit that donate button. 
Go to everydayconnection.me. See there? Oh, she is a good sales lady, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's like riding a bike. Um, well, I mean, you guys do good work. I don't, I don't well, hang out with just anybody. But once <laughs> she's got all that stuff nailed down, she's going to come back and tell us about it. And it may or may not be, you know, like I said, I, th- I encourage everybody that's wanting to experiment with how can we modify this idea of money and 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 find a better way because that's how we evolve we try stuff some of it works some of it doesn't and some of it works better it's what we do and and somehow we've gotten averse to making a mistake can't do that wasn't perfect today oh for crying out loud anyway um Thanks everybody for coming. We we have a calendar. We have people coming. We have Stacy Kirchival coming Tuesday, so you know that's going to be a blast. And, uh, and and I know that Robert Miller, I believe, is coming on Thursday. Coming on Thursday and going to talk right? about his uh, second book. I believe so. That's right. That is now available on Amazon. I know because I was at Amazon today. And uh, well, that's good because the last I knew it wasn't. But yeah, he's coming on Thursday, and then the following Tuesday, I don't know who's coming yet, but somebody's coming. Uh, we're gonna have fun, I, no matter what. That's the only thing I know about this show is that every Tuesday and Thursday we have a blast. So thanks for letting us do this. We like it. Love y'all. Join us again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, and until Tuesday, stay connected. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection. biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.